You are listening to Selfie, produced by China Plus. Hi there, welcome to Selfie. I'm Yang Yong. This year marks the hundredth anniversary of the birth of Li Huanzhi, one of the towering figures of twentieth-century Chinese classical composers. Li is the composer of this melody, the Spring Festival Overture, that is extremely familiar to most Chinese people. In the last episode, we reviewed some of Li's life and enjoyed some of the works he composed before the founding of New China. Today, we continue looking at the life of the composer and listening to more of his music. On October the first, nineteen forty-nine, the People's Republic of China was founded. The March of the Volunteers, or Yi Yong Jun Jing Xing Qu in Chinese, composed by Nie Er in nineteen thirty-five, was used as the acting national anthem. Four years later, when the central government had collected an orchestral score for the national anthem nationwide, Li's orchestration stood out after votes were cast anonymously. Later, it was finally approved by Premier Zhou Enlai as the official version. We didn't know until the 1980s that it was our father who arranged the orchestra for the national anthem. He was a very low-key person. Li Dakang, Li's eldest son, is professor of music and recording arts at the Communication University of China. In 2014, he and his two younger brothers, Li Xiaokang and Li Yikang, donated their father's 13 original musical scores and notes to the National Museum of China, including the orchestral score of the national anthem, the March of the Volunteers. My brothers and I agreed that our father's works were no longer ours; they belonged to the people. In 1957, the Sixth World Festival of Youth and Students was held in Moscow, the Soviet Union. It attracted 34,000 people from 130 countries. Li and his Beijing Youth Amateur Chorus, the singers for which were recruited from across the Chinese mainland, won a gold medal in the festival's chorus contest. Eighty-two-year-old Qi Yuqi was a chorus member. It's been more than sixty years since we attended the singing contest in Moscow. 
Lee was our leader. We sent ballot on the Tea Mountain, a Yunnan folk song, and won a gold medal. Lee wrote the ballad on Tea Mountain or Cha Shan Yao in 1956. He had been inspired by the lantern tunes of folk music in Yunnan, China's southwest province, and the multi-ethnic groups there. They have rich local flavor and distinct ethnic charm and flavor, as you will hear in this folk song.
That was Ballad on Tea Mountain or Cha Shan Yao, presented by the China National Traditional Orchestra. In 1960, the China National Traditional Orchestra was founded. Li Huanzhi was then appointed first director. To inspire his staff, he often led musicians in person to collect folk songs and folk music from ethnic minorities and in remote areas. His composition continued the spirit of Yan'an Arts College. As his folk songs originated from the local people, after the chorus was formed, Li sent us all over the country to learn how to sing folk songs from local artists. Ding Le, now in her 80s, was lead singer in the chorus. Li always encouraged us to learn folk songs locally. Our chorus was mostly instructed not by professional teachers, but by folk artists whose singing were terrific, from whom we learned their dialects, styles, and singing techniques. This orchestra has a distinct style of southern Fujian music, accompanied by a few musical instruments that are commonly used in local folk opera. Growing up in Fujian, Li had been exposed to Taiwanese opera, which was popular in southern Fujian, Taiwan. Li composed this piece to express his love for his hometown. That was Xiang Yin Ji Huai, presented by China National Traditional Orchestra.
Lee's colleagues in the orchestra recall him not only being excellent at his profession, but also very affable and approachable in his personality as well. Kind, humble, and amiable, he preferred riding his bike to sitting in a car. He was very rich in his mind, although he wasn't very good at expressing himself verbally. He insisted on conducting our chorus even after he was diagnosed with nasopharyngeal cancer. I still remember that he said jokingly, "I am monophonic now, not biphonic." He was very meticulous in his music composition. Pei Changjia is a singer with the China National Traditional Orchestra. Her mom was also a member of the chorus until she retired. My mom told me Li was as kind as a father in life, but very strict with his music writing and performance. During the turmoil of China's Cultural Revolution after 1966. Both Li and his wife were falsely accused and held prisoner. In those years, Li couldn't freely compose music, but had to do manual labor day after day, which Li Dakong says his father also well accomplished. He mastered keeping the staffs warm to heat the rooms overnight. Everybody was glad when my dad was on duty. He was even good at sewing. In Yang'an, my mom's uniform fitted so well thanks to my dad's tailor fix. Dad did everything well, not just his music. After the Cultural Revolution ended, Li Huanzhi went back to his music work. He started focusing more on national instrumental music and ancient classical melodies. Kong Houying was one of his representative works. The Kongho is an ancient Chinese harp, which was extinct sometime in the Ming Dynasty between the 14th and 17th century. In the 1970s, it was eventually revived and could be performed on stage. 
Wu Ling is a Kongho player with China National Traditional Orchestra. When I played it, I felt like I was having a multi-space-time conversation, either in the Tang Dynasty when the Kongho had thrived, or in modern times when it was revived and developed. The sound of the Kongho is very romantic. I wish Mr. Li could hear it. Had also written quite a number of ballads in the 1980s, inspired by a big banyan tree in Guangdong with gongs and egrets gathering and whirling. He and his wife Li Chun wrote together the music for the song "Bird Heaven," adopting the gentle, fresh melody of Guangdong music. The song creates a peaceful rain, expressing the couple's best wishes for a better life. Chang Jia was the lead singer of this song on concert night. Ah, this song, it was recorded in 1983. That year, I was born. The song was written in 1983, the same year I was born. I feel so privileged singing the song to commemorate our late director. I hope my singing can express the happiness and blessings the composers would like to convey. Lee lost most of his hearing because of the chemotherapy that had been used to treat his cancer in the 1990s. But he didn't stop composing until 1999, when, aged 80 now, he was diagnosed with a pancreatic cancer. But in 1999, he realized that he did not have By the end of 1999, my dad felt too weak to accomplish the second and third movements he had conceived for a symphony. So he combined them into the first chapter and made it a single movement symphony called the Poem of the Land. This symphony was first performed by the Hong Kong Chinese Orchestra in March 2000. Li Dakang recorded the live telecast of the concert and played it to his father in the hospital. I said, "Dad, this is your great gift." He took the microphone and used the loudest Walkman to play the sound. This is your work, the poem of the land, Dad. I told him. I gave him the headphones to wear and turned the volume of the Walkman to its maximum. So loud that I could hear from some distance away. Dad smiled and said, "Yes, but I can't hear it very well. When I am well, let's go home and play it on our loudspeaker." A few days later, 
the great composer passed away, leaving behind hundreds of musical compositions. Lee once summarized his life as being consisted of seven musical notes, simple yet not simple. Let's enjoy this symphony piece, the poem of the land, and wrap up this special edition of Sophie, which pays tribute to Mr. Li Huanzhi, a hugely respected musical figure in China in the 20th century. Thanks for listening. Bye for now. Thank <laughs> you.